The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Tonight we have Coach Gordon Roberts with us. And hopefully we're going to have a, a, a guest on tonight, Coach Ron English, former Eastern Michigan coach. Uh, we're expecting his call any, any minute now. And um, But, Coach, before we go into anything, I was just curious today, looking up some things about um, LeBron James. And uh, I found out that LeBron James was actually coached in football by one of my former teammates, Jay Brophy, you know, Jay was a teammate of mine, played on national championship team, played with the Dolphins and a couple of other teams in the NFL. But um, Jay Brophy coached LeBron James in football in Ohio. So, hey, I'm sure him and, uh, him and LeBron still got a pretty good relationship. I need to holler at Jay the next time I see him and um, get him on the show. Coach, what's going on? Coach, I think that's pretty amazing. It's, it's funny how those kind of things cross over. Good coaching is good coaching regardless of where it's done. And uh, I didn't know LeBron played that much high school football. Yeah, yeah, he, he played quite a bit of high school football. And um, I tell you, man, Jay Brophy is a good man. I mean, he's a, a real good man. I mean, a good leader, a lot of leadership skills. He was the captain of our, of our team, that national championship team, the very first national championship team at University of Miami in 1983. So um, Jay is not only a, a good coach, he's, he's a good guy. And, you know, and leading into this this NBA thing, um, you know, there's some rumors out that LeBron James is going to opt out of his contract. And when you look at it, LeBron James only signed a two-year contract when he signed this contract. And that was the reason being is because he knew that the NBA was getting ready to sign another huge contract with um, uh, with television, making them and a, and a, like twenty four billion dollars, something crazy, and it, it's, it, it just almost makes makes no sense. Where um, LeBron James is going to opt out of his contract, and 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 who knows? what he's going to end up making. And, Coach, the thing about it is uh, you can say, is he worth it, but does but does the league survive if you don't have people like him? You know, so, yeah. you know, they're worth every nickel. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, of course he is, yep. Well, without, without a doubt. He's worth every penny and some. You know, and um, and and when you look at it, Coach, um, the the Lakers alone 
are worth over $2 billion. I mean, come on. Coach, they're not even good anymore. (laughs) Hey, and they're they're one of the worst teams in the league, and the Lakers alone are worth over $2 billion. Now, because they're worth over $2 billion, that actually drives the the price of all of the franchises up. And the Lakers are actually worth $2.6 billion. You know, and, and and operating income is a hundred, a hundred and four million a year. You know, but they they the annual revenue is two hundred and ninety three million dollars a year. So they're making wow. two hundred million, even though they're losing. Yeah, yeah, and guess who's second behind them? Who? Who's who's probably the worst team in the NBA? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. The New York Knicks. They were $2.5 billion, Coach. You know, and, and hey. The market they're in, Coach. It's all about the market. It's, for those it's all about the market. And that's why when we talk about people like Kevin Durant, can he really afford to stay in a market like Oklahoma when he, you know, when when here to Chicago, when and, and who's next? Chicago, and they're worth $2 billion. You know, and in Chicago's annual revenue is only six. Sixty-five point three million, and they 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 make that's what their operating income is. Is sixty-five point three million. They make two hundred and one million dollars in revenue. And then you got to think. Go ahead. That's That's crazy. crazy. But hey, that's that, and and that is why these guys. You know, when we say when I make comments like, "Hey, don't hate the player." Hate the game they're playing. You know what I'm saying? Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Oh, I agree, Coach. When we think about the money that these guys are making, yeah, you here with me, yeah, yeah. You know, and Coach, the thing about it is, how much more money can a guy like LeBron James make if he's in a market like the LA or New York? I mean, the sky's yeah. the limit. Yes. Well, you know, and I and I guess LeBron says, "Hey, you know, if he if he's playing for Cleveland, they're 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 a small market market, but at the same time, he's his his value is only going to continue to go up." And Cleveland, let's don't get it twisted now, you know, they're not in that two billion dollar range, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are worth nine hundred and fifteen million dollars, you know, and and they're hey. That's a lot of money, Coach. Nine hundred fifteen million. There's a lot of difference in the zeros between L.A. and Cleveland, Coach. It is. It, it, it really is. Now, what what they're saying is that the television contracts are just just unbelievable. You know, um, the Lakers just signed a four billion dollar contract with with um, Time Warner. Come on, twenty years, four billion dollars. You know, it, it, it's 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 hard to us as just regular people to think about how much these people are actually making but this is the reality of, of what's happening coach coach um you know in that vein you know you texted me earlier today about how uh broncos had asked manning to take a pay cut and he did yeah yeah hey coach i think we got coach ron english on the line hey matt do we have ron with us yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm here, D.O. Hello? 
How's it going, Ron? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, Ron. Hey, first of all, thanks for taking your time out and coming on the Sports Info UM show. I really appreciate it. We got Coach Gordon Roberts with us tonight, and we welcome you to the show. Um, we know, you know, we know that you're a football and a defensive guru. You've coached a lot of places. Um, um, defense coordinator at Louisville, defense coordinator at Michigan, head coach at Eastern Michigan. Welcome to the Sports Info UM show, Ron. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's, it's, it is our pleasure to um, have such a big name as you on our show. Hey, Coach, you know, um, I'm from an era of coaching where I thought, and this is my theory, is um, I want to do a lot of formations, but I really want to work on, on similar plays. I want to put people in motion, but we really want to run the ball in the same place. I've, I'm, com- I'm coming from an a eye formation, two-back set, fullback every once in a while and once in a while we'll take that fullback and put a wide receiver there and put him in motion but guess what we're still running sprint draw action at you whether we're giving the ball to the running back or whether we're faking it to him and throwing the ball and I want to run sprint draw because I want to slow these linebackers up I want to have them guessing because if you're guessing I may be able to get past you well I, I tell you what it would be great if teams were still running 21 with two backs in the backfield and motion in the back out and all that stuff. Now, you mentioned going to 11, you know, replacing the guy with a wideout. But really what happens is if you have a tight end, like if you remember when Rich Rod was at West Virginia, they had a big old fullback, okay, and a good tailback. So that personnel group with the tight end, so that personnel group to end up being 21, that personnel group could end up being 11. They could flex their tight end. They could end up being 10. So it's just what you're talking about. All the uh, formations that you can get are a lot harder to deal with if you have hybrid-type guys. And then, of course, you want to run the same plays out of them because that way your guys know what they're doing and uh, they can execute. Exactly. Yep. Hey, hey, Coach, we got Coach Ron English. Ron, we got Coach Gordon Roberts on the line with us, too. And Gordon is a is a... A high school coach and from the state of Florida. Um, ben and he was in the business for many years. Go ahead, Gordon. Coach, I got a couple of questions for you. Talk, just like we were talking about what Daryl was saying, a guy like Mike Bobo, when he goes to uh, Colorado State, is he, he, he going to be able to pull off the same kind of numbers he pulled off at Georgia? Uh, I know you got to have the right personnel. And so those packages that were good for him in Georgia, how good are they going to be for him at Colorado State? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I just got done watching Georgia. I just got done watching Georgia uh, last week. And, uh, you know, Georgia was still a lot of what we call 21, two backs, one tight end. Right. They were, right. They were a lot of 12, one back, two tight ends. Now, I think, I think Mac was doing a bunch of other things. You know, I think he was spreading it out a little bit and going a lot more 11 and stuff like that. But I'm sure that he has some two-back run game. I'm sure that he has two tight end stuff. So I, I think that the coach, that he'll be smart enough to work with his personnel and, and uh, you know, implement parts of his offense that they can do. So you're thinking that regardless, even if a guy like Mike Raleigh goes from Oregon State to Nebraska, he's still going to be successful because – they're going to have the players to still be able to run his system? 
Well, I think what, no, what I'm saying is, is that he'll slowly implement his system, but he'll tweak his system to run what those players can run. So in other words, let's say I'm a 12 person, like Riley is a lot of 12 personnel. He likes two tight ends on the ball, right? I mean, that's really, right. uh, you know, a lot of the basis of his offense. But uh, due to Nebraska's personnel, he may have to play with a fullback instead of a tight end, or he may have to play with a third up wideout instead of a fullback, and then eventually get the guys he wants in there and then get back to running more 12. Not to say that he wouldn't implement some of that, because I think he would, but I think it's, he's going to take his time and not force a, a round peg into a square hole. Right. Wow. Hey, hey, Coach, we got a call on the line. Um, uh, Steve Allen from St. Augustine, Florida. Steve, what's going on? Coach Oliver, how you doing today, sir? Hey, loving life, <laughs> every second of it. What's going on, Coach Allen? Well, uh, I just want to call and holler at you guys. Coach Ingram said that he was nice enough to come in and speak to us and our staff there at Flagler Palm Coach some years back. He was a Sam Sword, and we appreciated that. And uh, I just wanted to ask him about the, uh, the advent of all the recruiting services as a veteran college coach and, and the impact that that has on his job and also if he thinks that's a positive part of the college landscape these days. What a good question. Coach? Okay, I think what he's asking is, if I heard him correctly, is what do I think about the recruiting services and how it impacts the job of a college coach? Is that correct? Yes, yes. sir, and if it's positive or not. Well, you know, I, I, I think that part of the issue is who trains the re- – you know, when you, when you evaluate players, there has to be a training process. Like, to me, you know, one, there, um, there's a college coach, I'm not going to say his name, but I thought – I visited him last week, and I thought he was so smart in that he hired a bunch of ex-NFL uh, personnel guys to run his recruiting department. So what that means is those guys are professional evaluators. That's what they do for a living. So I think the first part of your question, I would answer this way. Um, you know, when they give out these stars and these rankings, well, who taught those guys how to evaluate? I think that's the first part of it. I think the second part of it is I think it is a reality because um, of uh, social media that, you know, if you get, you know, three or four or five high-ranking classes and you don't, you know, those people don't perform and you don't win enough games, it negatively affects the coach. So, you know, I think it can be both positive and negative in those ways, but uh, it's not going anywhere, and it's only going to get uh, more and more intense, I think. Yeah, I think you're right as far as it's not going anywhere. It's only, it's only getting worse. It seems like there's more people getting involved in it, and every time we turn around, there's another one. And uh, I, I appreciate your your insight on that, Coach, and uh, you got a good man there you're talking with. I know you know that, and a fine coach in his own right there, and Coach Oliver. And uh, we wish you all the luck uh, in the coming season, Coach. No, I appreciate that, and I really enjoyed you guys, and, and hopefully we can do it again. Love to do it, Coach. You take care. Okay, hey, you Steve. take care, too. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Steve, and um, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Hey, yes, Coach Steve Allen, um, a great coach in his own right here in Florida, in the state of Florida. He's been in North Florida, South Florida, and um, he's done some serious things and put some serious guys in college, too. Um, one of them, I, I helped him coach Marshawn Gilliard, playing now in the Canadian Football League. But um, anyway, um, Coach, let's get back to this X's and O's just a little bit. 
you know, okay. we, saw the, this, we saw the New England Patriots do some things this year that some people actually thought was almost some borderline illegal. You know, do we see football going in that direction? Do we see football going in a direction where we're seeing offensive tackles spread out all the way where wide receivers are at? Are we going right. to see this part of the game change to that level? Well, I don't know if it's going to, because, you know, those are special plays, I think, offensively, and it takes time to work on them. Uh, but I always thought, you know, to be honest with you, that's on the defense. I mean, it, it really is. It's in the rule book. The guy was, uh, you know, uncovered, and he's eligible. And I think the defense or defensive players have to be taught that. So that, that's been, you know, guys have been doing that for years and years and years. And when it happened, uh, I just really thought that what's the big deal? You know, I saw it. Also, uh, with a pro team on, uh, or it might have been college team, I can't recall now, but it was on the PAT. And that's the first thing you're taught is to, uh, look outside and then you can figure out if the guy's eligible or not and all those things. So I just think it's something you have to teach your players. Uh, it's legal. And so if it's legal, they're going to do it. I, I, you know, I you know, the more of a, more of a issue, I think is, you know, running guys on and off. The officials not giving defenses time to get set. Um, you know, there was one team that, um, you know, they had 10 out there and they run the 11th on late. And at 11th, now, you know, they don't see him or he gets aligned in the position and now the whole entire defense has to shift if they have a call that's uh, related to that guy. So, you know, to me, those are the, the uh, bigger issues. The other, you, can, you should be coaching that and you can see that. But the substitution is really hard because the officials do not always allow the defense to substitute also. And now, are, are you concerned about the, the health of the athlete because of the, um, the, the no-huddle situations in a lot of cases where these teams want to run multiple plays after multiple plays yeah. and the defense does not have a chance to substitute? Or are you saying um, we, should, we should, in a sense, make time for these substitutions? Well, I think, you know, that is a legitimate question. And I think that you have to have a plan in terms of how you're going to use your timeouts to slow it down a little bit at times. You know, we saw in the past guys faking injuries and and those type of things to slow it down. And I think the officials have kind of gotten a handle on that. And I think the coaches, you know, our profession is a noble one. And I think the coaches have uh, cleaned that up a little bit. But uh, it that is a legitimate concern in terms of the guys getting taxed and then they get hurt because you can't substitute and all those type of things. So I think, you know, I've heard of coaches doing uh, mass substitutions and being smart about it and every few plays just running guys on and running them off and trying to get that done. And so, uh, you know, right, I don't really have an answer for you, Coach, because uh, – how I look at the game of football is that's the way it is. Those are the rules right now, and we all have to adjust to them and and play play ball. And you're right, Coach. And, um, you know, it was an era not long ago where a lot of teams wanted to bring in three defensive linemen at a time. You know, it was no, it was easy to see University of Miami four or five years ago bring in four defensive linemen at one right. time or make four defensive substitutions at one time. And you really just can't do that with a lot of these teams. And, and one that comes to mind is Texas A&M. I mean, they, yep. they speed the game up so fast. I mean, they played yep. faster this year without Johnny Manziel than they did last year with him. And, and I thought that that was – that was almost unbelievable. 
But, uh, yeah, there, coach, there are several teams, several teams. Yeah, I can remember games I coached where, you know, you just can't. That's why one of the things defensively you have to get to to help your players is kind of a check-with-me system because that's what the offenses are doing. They're yeah. really playing check-with-me football. I mean, you know, they're on the line of scrimmage and they're looking at the defense and maybe they're getting a signal from the sideline at times or maybe they're just calling one or two plays at other times where the quarterback's just seeing the box or seeing the safety rotation or what have yeah. you and hey, making hey, calls coach, there. So Ron, you definitely I want you to have hold to feel that way on defense. Well, we got to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info. You am on the Voice America Radio, and we got Coach Ron English talking to X's and O's of the game. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. We got Coach Ron English on the show tonight, former Eastern Michigan uh, head coach, former defense coordinator at Louisville and the University of Michigan. Coach, thank you for being on the show again. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you. And um, Gordon, you were saying something um, earlier? Well, you know, uh, I was asked and off the air, I was asking Ron about uh, Tony Sanchez is the only uh, big-time 
promotion from high school to college that we've seen, and we've seen over the years it be somewhat successful. But uh, like you were saying, Ron, it's the everyday stuff that you don't understand. Even if you've been a long-time assistant in the college ranks, I'm sure it's a a tough learning curve. But I'm sure from high school, and I mean, he was successful. He won four or five state championships in a row uh, there in Nevada. But uh, I think the learning curve would have to be tremendous. And you said that you knew one of his one of his hires was uh, a defensive coordinator, you know, and uh, yes. and that helps. I understand that helps, but I would think uh, that's a great leap. Well, you know, we've seen failures, uh, and we've seen you know our Bryles. You know, he, he he's had a lot of success. You know, I recruited Bishop Gorman uh, way back before they were Bishop Gorman, so to speak. So right when they were starting to become, you know, a powerhouse, I was recruiting there. Well, what's, what happened there is they went from having virtually no facilities to having some of the elite facilities in this country. The support there financially is, is unbelievable. Uh, the players, the best players in the state of Nevada want to go to Bishop Gorman. They're on TV all the time. They've got multiple uh, uniforms, all that stuff that goes along with that. And so, therefore, they're, you know, they're winning a lot of games. Well, now uh, Coach Sanchez goes to college. And uh, what I was saying was, I know for me, and any first-time head coach, there's a learning curve. And, and that learning curve is off the field. Um, and it's managing coaches, and it's managing your scheduling, all the time conflicts, and then it's being able to administer those things that need to be administered in your program. Now, he has hired Kent Bayer, I know as the defensive coordinator, I, I, you know, and I know Kent, he was my coach when I played at Cal. You know, Coach Bayer's been the D coordinator at Washington, at Arizona State, at Notre Dame, and all these high-profile, Colorado, so all these high-profile jobs, and he has a boatload of experience. So that'll help. And I do know that he has some veteran guys on that staff. But, uh, you know, if, there, if I was talking to him, this is what I would tell him. Call as many head coaches as you can. And don't, you know, don't be afraid to do that because uh, otherwise you have nobody to lean on. And, you know, football coaches are good guys, and they'll share with you. And so, but you got to reach out to get them to do that. Yeah, I, I think that's... You're probably absolutely correct. I know just going from being a head coach and athletic director from one state to another, when I left Florida for a short period of time and went to South Carolina, uh, it was huge because they expected me to be out and about in the community a lot more than I had before. Mm -hmm. And that just Mm -hmm. just drained your time. Yep. That part of it, think of all the speaking engagements, the fundraising, uh, and then the, the hard decisions that you have to make in your program because you go from being a guy, I know I did, go from being a guy who's around players all the time, loves players, able to spend one-on-one time with the players to really have to administer justice, if you will. In other words, now you've got to be like the, the parent that's got to uh, discipline. I mean, that's part of the role of the head coach. You have to make decisions on issues uh, like that, and that's just one of the things. So, 
the budgeting that goes along with it and how you decide to spend those funds and the travel and the meals and, you know, the schedule. You know, you're in charge of the calendar now. So, you know, I could go on and on and on, but I wish Coach Sanchez the most success. And, again, uh, I just hope he leans on uh, guys who've been around for a while. Hey, Coach, we got another call on the line. Uh, Ryan, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? How you doing this wonderful Monday uh, evening? Oh, man, I'm loving life. I can only speak for myself. And every second of this life I got, I'm loving it, man. Man, I feel the same way, man. Doing good. How you doing, Coach? What's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good, doing good. I um, got a little note to give give you a call today. So I'm giving you a call and saying, uh, what's going on? I guess I don't know if that's a call or that's a question. (laughs) What's what's the hot topic? What's what's, 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 the Well, I think you called and you asked the question, but uh, doing good, man. I got back home yesterday, uh, I mean, excuse me, today. Drove drove five hours this morning to get back home and 12 hours yesterday. And and you talk about Florida. You know, I was fortunate enough to spend a week in the great state of Florida uh, Uh to talk to high school coaches uh, and and to do a camp called Hard Knocks Football Camp, which was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Coach Great Cox, camp. Andy, Andy Cox uh, started that camp a year ago, and uh, so it was an awesome, awesome uh, camp. And uh, okay. you know, I got to work with the kids and, and work with the coaches and watch them work, and uh, the guys were unbelievable. Cool. Now, now that's that, now that camp. Help me out, Ron. That was in what city? You know what? Now, right, I was thinking that as we were talking. I, you know, it was northwest of Orlando. Okay, I can't okay. recall the city, but if you go to hardknocksfootball dot com, you can get all the information. Uh, uh, Popka was one of the schools that w- were there, and 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 these schools, these coaches per se, really, really, really did a fantastic job. Daryl, was that okay. the same group you used to put on uh, Down and Dirty? Well, Coach Cox used to coach you Down and Dirty for many, many years. Right. Yeah, he right. was down. That's what I was thinking about, the Down and Dirty camp. But, um, yeah. yeah, that that Hard Knocks camp is, is a, a lot of kids there. You know what's hey. good about it? It's in a growing stage. So there wasn't like a boatload of kids. But, uh-huh. you know, it's grown every year. The first year they had a number of kids, and then the next year they went up higher. You know, in fact, I was telling him, you know, I don't know if you want to get too big because the beautiful thing about the camp was there was a lot of individualized instruction. By that, I mean one coach may be coaching, you know, 12 kids, 15 kids. So, you know what I'm saying? So you're not overloaded where, where you're coaching so many kids that you can't really correct and teach and get them better. And and I saw those kids get a lot better. And that's what's well, it, most it's, important. It's funny you say that, Ryan. I was talking to uh, uh, Sam Sword the other day, and he, and he worked some camps up in Michigan. And there's one big camp. He said they had a great turnout, but the issue was, they had so many kids. Each station, they had like forty or fifty kids, man. and it's just yeah. yeah. That's, See, if you do that, turn out, but you want them to get something out of it. And that's just you know. That's, well, if you know. if you're gonna do that, you got to have more coaches, and 
you got to be well organized and that all the coaches are on the same page so that they're all teaching the same things. And that's, right. you know, uh, right. at Michigan, one year, I think we had over 2,000, I know we did, we had over 2,000 in many, many years that was the largest camp in the country. But I was shocked the first year that I was there. It's about 1,800, 1,900 kids, but it was, you know, <laughs> they've been doing this for 30 years, and they, it, so it was like clockwork. I mean, system, and the most all their systems involved. Huh? You said, so they had pretty much all their systems from year to year, and they, it, it was just how they did it. Oh, it was yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was a model of how to run a camp. And I was coaching DBs when I first went there, and I had 30 DB coaches. 30. Wow. <laughs> so that's my point. So when you do that, uh, now you can not only – so we used to meet in the morning. We get to co- coach the coaches on how we want the techniques taught. And then, you know, one coach may be coaching just only 10 guys. You see what I'm saying? And so that way it's still individualized. One coach is coaching one line. You break it into X number of lines. You guys know how that works and so on and so forth. Right. So – well, listen, guys. I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you had me on. I'm sitting in the parking lot. I don't know if you guys have uh, Red Robin in Florida. Do you guys have? Oh, um, man, Red Robin. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the commercials. Well. River Barbecue Burger. Exactly. <laughs> Red Robin is the. If my kids, you ask them where they want to go, it's 100. percent So today, guys, is my Father's Day celebration meal. Now, mind you. I did not get to pick the restaurant. They picked it. I would not have chosen Red Robin, but it's still my Father's Day celebration, so I got to run in here before my wife kills me. Hey, hey, Coach, thanks again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Real, real, real quick, did you get to play any golf while you in Florida? Oh, shoot. I played three rounds of golf in Florida. Uh, Played with Coach one day. Up in the Palm Coast area. Yep, in the Palm Coast area I did, and... uh, and I uh, had an awesome, awesome time. And, uh, hey, I tell you what, I'm coming back. As soon as I can, I'm coming back, and I'm going to see all you guys again. And, and again, I just had the best time ever. So you guys take care. Hey, thanks for thanks having me coach. on your show. Thanks again. And, Coach, for your hey, information, Ryan, that's Leesburg too, is where that camp was. What is Leesburg? Leesburg, Florida. Hey, thanks, Coach, yeah, again. Leesburg, exactly right. And again, yes. hey, I would tell if you have alignment because they really do it right. I mean, they stay in the in the dorms. It's only them. They got a great meal set up, great field set up, and I, I was really impressed by the coaches. I mean, I I, I was I told uh, I told Coxie I said, you know what? I really appreciate you having me here. I have more fun, guys, than I've. It was awesome. Hey, coach, you don't yeah. want a divorce messing around with us. You better go. All right, you guys take care. I'll talk to you. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right, now. Hey, hey Ryan, thanks again for calling in, man. We really appreciate you. And, Ryan, I apologize for the way LeBron James let you down. Man, well, you, I told you I had a bad suspicion that those, those guys go to state, man. I did say, man, they just look good. And Le- LeBron, he's great, man, but he didn't have enough. You know, and they didn't just look good in the uniforms. Those guys shot the lights out the ball, man. I just never seen a team shoot that well. Now, if you remember now, my 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 issue with Golden State was they can't be hot that long. And they proved that no, they weren't hot. They just shoot the ball great all the time, really. And it's I mean, so many of them. 
You know, guys coming off the bench for the whole season. Lights out the ball, man. So, I mean, hey, hats off to him. LeBron did the best he can do, but Golden State is just loaded, and they are just skilled. They're, they weren't in the zone. They weren't hot. They just can shoot that ball. Wow. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm in the parking lot at my house. I'm about to go in the house where I get in trouble. Um, hey, well, uh, thanks for calling again. We really appreciate absolutely. you. Absolutely. And every time I call in, I'm hoarse. So next time I'll, I'll try to sip on my honey and whatever and get my get my voice right. Well, we know it's not because you were screaming at your kids at home. Yeah, I, I don't do that because then I get in trouble <laughs> with the wife. I know that. <laughs> hey, you have a great day, man, and thanks again for calling Sports Info you and Radio Show. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate it. Hey, Coach, you know there's a rumor out that um, the Denver Broncos asked Peyton Manning to take a $10 million pay cut this upcoming season. Now, don't forget, he was scheduled to make $19 million, so he's still going to make $9 million, but they asked him to take a $10 million pay cut. He took a $4 million pay cut, and then, they, then there's another story that they wanted to trade him to the Texans. Now, Peyton Manning says this is the last team he'll ever play for in the NFL. What are your feelings about this? Well, it's just like we've said before, though. You get to a certain stage, I think Peyton wants just one more ring. And so he wants to be in a place he feels like he has the best chance to do that. And I think it's Denver. And uh, and that's why he was willing to take at least a $4 million cut. But will that hurt him? Will, you know... Yeah, it's just like uh, James going back to Cleveland. Did that hurt him? No, because he's going to make so much money off the field or as much, if not more. And the same thing with Peyton. Oh, it, without a doubt, he's going to make an unbelievable amount of money. Um, the thing the thing is with Peyton Manning, I think this may be a message that, um, that Denver was really trying to make an effort to get rid of him. They wanted, not only did they want to, um, get rid of John Fox, I think they wanted Peyton Manning to leave too. Oh, I didn't think that. I didn't catch that feeling, but you might be right. I, I'm, and, and maybe not. If you ask somebody to take a $10 million pay cut, come on. You know, you know nobody, that's, that's on, that, you just can't ask anybody. I don't care who it is to say, hey, um, next year, uh, we're only going to pay you half of what we paid you last year. I know, I know, I know. We're just going to pay you half. I know we want what we told you. We're just going to pay you half. You know, somebody's going to say, man, forget it. I'll just take what you've paid me and move on. Or, or, unless you are Peyton Manning and you're making $19 million, you know, and they say, hey, we're going to take $10 million from you. You're gonna, only going to make $9 million. Uh, at 39 years old, I don't know. Hey, guys, we're going to talk about this Peyton Manning situation and a whole lot more right after these messages. You listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. 
Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, Coach says some stories out there that um, the Denver Broncos wanted to trade Peyton Manning to the Houston Texans. Now, I don't know if there's any truth to it. I don't, I'm not sure. But a lot of times, you've heard it before, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I just think that this could actually interrupt the whole flow of this Denver Broncos organization. I, I've, I've had a feeling now for a little while that Elway is ready to get rid of Peyton Manning. Coach, I you know I've always wondered about Elway. His is his objective to really have someone come in and win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's the guy where he's at now. And if someone comes in and wins one, is it going to take away some of his legacy? I don't know, but uh, he's the one that kind of convinced Peyton to come there. Yeah, he he convinced him to come, but at the same time, is is Peyton is he still happy with Peyton Manning? You know, you could you could like something for a little while, and then after the newness wear off, or after you look like you've overpaid for that Jaguar, you're not happy with the Jaguar anymore. You know, you you've had it now for two years, and when you bought it, it was it it cost you sixty grand, and now you look at the value of the car. 
and it's only 28 grand. Come on, man. You're not happy with that car anymore. And I think the Denver Broncos are in a situation similar to that, where they paid a lot of money for Peyton Manning. And now we're talking about upwards of 20 mil a year. And now here he is going to make $19 million this year. And the Denver Broncos asked him to make a pay, to take a pay cut. And what do they do? They get rid of one of his best weapons, a kid, Demarius Thomas. They sent him to Jacksonville to to never be another weapon for Peyton Manning. And here it is, Wes Welker, who's been banged up for some years now. They have not done anything to replace a Wes Welker. You know, we hear him talking about, yeah, they're going to run the ball more, depend on the running back Anderson. But still, you're not going to win with with Peyton Manning handing the ball off. That's just like... Um, the, we're asking the New England Patriots to win with Tom Brady handing the ball off 40% of the time, 50% of the time. It's just not going to happen. The NFL is not that league anymore. Somebody's going to have to chunk it around, and apparently maybe John Elway doesn't think Peyton Manning can chunk it around the way he used to. And when we look at some of the films from last year, and we see some of those lame ducks that Peyton Manning threw last year, Maybe John, maybe um, John Elway is saying, hey, how can I pay this guy $19 million and look myself in the mirror and say I made a good business decision this year? And maybe that's what this is all about. Yep. So, hey, I'm not so sure, but I really think that um, I think John Elway is, is, is a little... A little, a little uncertain about Peyton Manning, and, and I think the, uh, the Denver Broncos organization is, is really concerned about paying him that kind of money. However, um, at the same time, when, when we look at the big picture, Peyton Manning took them to the Super Bowl two years ago. He took them to the playoffs last year. Now, and we know that this is the final run for Peyton Manning. Is he worth $19 million? No way. Is he worth $9 million a season? That's not for me to say, but we've, uh, we've said it many times on this show before. Don't hate the player. Hate the game he's playing. And the game that Peyton Manning is playing is about getting paid. And um, he's done a good job of that so far. And he has two Super Bowls on his belt as well. So, you know, um, let's, let's, let's give Peyton Manning a break on this. And if he wants to... Uh, if he wants to break the bank on his last year, hey, he's going to do that. And what's wrong with $15 million for this season? Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not 19 but I think he'll manage with 15 And it's estimated that he's going to make $44 million this season alone with his endorsements. Yep. Hey, uh, Matt, do we have Coach Gordon on the line with us? Yeah. Yeah, Coach. Yep. And Coach, what's yeah. your opinion on this? Well, I think that, uh, you know, as long as Manning uh, feels capable of playing, he wants to play. I just hope we've talked about this. You and I have kicked around this conversation before, but we just hope he doesn't play too long. Uh, this is it. You know, there's no question that this is the final hoorah for um, for Peyton Manning. Um you know, he's 39 years old, Coach. Uh, I'd hate to see him like his father because I think his dad played played a little too long, Archie Manning. But, he, he you know, he, yeah. he warmed the bench for some teams, too. Peyton Manning is not going to warm the bench for anybody. No, no. And, 
and you know, at the end of uh, Archie's career, he went to Minnesota after he left New Orleans. And uh, I don't think that uh, Archie would uh, tell his son anything different than what we're saying. You know, go ahead and gracefully get out of the game because you placed yourself in a position to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't think there's any chance that when he retires, he's not a five-year, you know, his first chance he's going to get in. Oh, without a doubt, um, he, he's a he's a Hall of Famer, w- without question. And uh, I guess I guess the only thing we're talking about right now is that um, is he going to make it through this season at thirty nine years old um, without his starting tight end? You know, um, is is he going to make it through this season? I'm not so sure. Really, I'm 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 really just not so sure. You know, it was a story I heard this um, today. That um, Dallas Clark, who played with Peyton Manning for many years, he said that um, when everything went well, um, Peyton Manning, it was cool. But when things went bad, he blamed everybody else. Now, I've never heard that about um, Peyton Manning before. But um, that I did hear today. Now, I don't know how true that is. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, and, and and you know maybe maybe these are the kind of things we're gonna hear about about him about Peyton Manning as his career winds down towards the end of it. All right. Well, anyway, um, Dallas Clark said that about Peyton Manning. I'm, that that very that surprises me in a, in a big way that um, that he would come out and say something like that because we actually we thought that from the outside looking in that they had a good relationship that. Um, that Dallas Clark and Peyton Manning were cool. However, that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, he's one. Of the, this is the first person I've heard to come out and say anything negative about Peyton Manning. You know, and he's played with a lot of guys. Uh, we've never heard anything from um, Reggie Wayne. Uh, no one's ever come out and said anything. Um, Edron James. I've never heard anything negative, but this is the first time I've heard something negative about um, Peyton Manning. Uh, but this this story. I don't know if it's negative, but I don't see it as being so, so positive. Um, today, the NFL announced that Kia, um, the, uh, the car company, will be the car company of the NFL this year. They will be the spokesman, the automobile spokesman for the NFL this year. Kia, not Dodge, not Chevrolet, not the great American Ford, but Kia. And I really think that the, the um, you know, and, and it just lets us know that it's all about the dollar. Who's paying the most is who's going to get it. And, I, and it's for sure that Kia is paying the most money. I think that they were the NBA um, uh, automobile spokesperson. I'm not sure it may have been Hyundai, but the thought that this is not, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll be playing Chevrolet commercials while, while it's going on as well, but the NFL has chosen Kia to be their spokesperson. Uh, like the said, almost, Coach, it's all about the money. Huh? That's true, Coach. Yeah. And what's your feelings on that? Well, you know, it, uh, I, I would rather see us have uh, some, you know, cross-the-board consistency. You know, every year, is it going to be whoever puts up the biggest buck? Uh, whoever's you know, uh, from year to year, just go from year to year. I mean, 
For years, it was Ford or Chevy. Uh, now it's going to be Kia, Honda, uh, Toyota, I guess. Uh, it'll just depend on who will put up the money. Yeah. And, and you know, and by the way, we're speaking of money. Uh, Russell Wilson is looking to break the bank. You know, and there's, there's a story out now that uh, Andrew Luck is waiting for Russell Wilson to sign his contract so he can get a new contract. And Russell Wilson is expected to sign something uh, probably bigger than um, the, what upwards of what Tom Brady's making. You know, he's probably in the $100 million, $120 million range. Yeah. So, uh, right. hey, I see those young guys getting greedy. Yeah, and and if Russell Wilson makes um, one hundred and twenty million, um, who's to say that Andrew Luck is not going to make more? Oh, I think he's bringing more to the plate for his team than Russell Wilson is. I think oh, yeah. Russell Wilson is a good fit for Seattle, but. Uh, I was kind of disappointed to see that he was going to hold out for more money. Well, you know, um, he wants to be paid in the in the highest quarterback range, and you know, if he if he's the highest paid quarterback, how long is he going to be the highest paid quarterback? A week, oh, two weeks, long. six months? You know, so, right? And right now, um, Cam Newton is up there, and he signed a hundred and three point eight million dollar contract, five years. That's a lot of money. You know, but um, Russell Wilson is probably going to sign something a little bit bigger than that. But how long will he will he have that? I don't know. But now, Coach, you know, it's, it's still not apples with apples. Russell Wilson does provide some great uh, general fieldsmanship on that team, but it's not like Cam Newton or uh, Luck. I think both those guys. Uh, bring such a level that they carry their teams by themselves many times. That, that may be the case, Coach, but uh, when we're looking at it, Cam Newton, as he is the face of his franchise. Uh, right. You know, Russell Wilson, I'm not so sure he's the face of his, of his franchise. Andrew Luck, without question, he's the face of his fan- franchise. Uh, I just uh, and and I guess that's why maybe it's going to be a little more difficult for Russ Wilson to get paid because his his organization is looking at it like hey we got other people we have to pay we got to keep this team together I'm not so sure we can pay you this kind of money you know they're going to play they're going to play hardball with him for for a minute but um eventually he's going to get paid oh I agree I think that uh, they're going to give him I, I would be I would think he's going to get like the same thing. Uh, uh, you know, I would think he's going to get like 105, 110. I'd like to think he's not going to get paid more than Peyton or Tom Brady because he hasn't shown that he's the consistency's not there yet. He should get paid far more than um, than um, Peyton and probably Tom Brady as well. Tom Brady is on his on his final legs of his career, and Peyton Manning is literally out the door. Here, this kid, he's young. He's not even 30 years old yet. I mean, he's only been in the league three years. This is his first new contract. Tom Brady's already had two or three three or four contracts, and the same with Peyton Manning. I think this kid deserves way more money than Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning, he's, he's coach. He's, he's literally washed up. We, you know, we're, we're seeing the – we're seeing the – 
the residue of Peyton Manning, where we're just seeing the, the, the beginning of this kid, Russell Wilson. And I really think it's, it's, it's going to be a big, big difference this year alone. I think a lot of people have figured out Peyton Manning, and I think his arm is not nearly as strong as it used to be. And he's going to have some obstacles to, um, to overcome this year. And he's lost Coach, weapons. Coach, don't talk about me like this, okay? <laughs> well, Coach, you know, when you make $15 million and you took a $4 million pay cut, I don't think you're going to mind me talking about you like that, if it were No, you. I wouldn't. If you pay me like that, Coach, you can talk yeah. to me about any way you want. Yeah, I, I, matter of fact, you'd probably be happy with what they cut out of Peyton Manning's salary. If yes, that's sir, a, For the rest of your life, you know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so hey, let's don't let's don't take it easy on Peyton Manning. Let's let's tighten the screws up on him when we get a chance, coach. Come on, man. This is this is Peyton Manning. Now he earned how much money has to have the NFL just giving this guy. But hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game he's playing. Hey guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.